Jack didn't bother to brush the dirt off his rotten suit. Some say cleanliness is next to godliness, but he figured the big man upstairs or even the head honcho of hell didn't factor into his current situation. There was a spent bullet rattling around his empty skull after all, and he couldn't recall ever seeing anything resembling a tunnel of light or even a sucking pit blacker than night. Besides that, digging from the wrong end of the grave was tiring work, and he still had more to do that night. With empty eye sockets, he spotted the handle of a shovel partially hidden under the dead and decaying leaves. He assured whoever buried him there had accidentally left it behind, thus marking the spot where his remains had been hidden. Not bothering to consider the irony of it all, he let out a breathless sigh of relief, simply glad he didn't have to dig anymore with his hands. The how and why of his resurrection was a mystery to him, but somehow he knew what had to be done and where he had to go. He only hoped he could hold together long enough to complete his task. With limbs lacking connective tissue or ligaments to hold them together, he leaned down and picked up the rusty tool. Despite the absence of muscle tissue, he gripped its handle tightly and rested its long wooden shaft upon his bony shoulder. Defying more than a few natural laws, he did all these things and then turned away, shambling through the woods toward his final destination. He had a long road to travel, and another grade to dig that night. He clumsily shuffled his way through the overgrown thicket on the edge of the woods, past a dead-end sign, and headed directly up the center of May Street. Children, dressed in all manner of colorful costumes, walked along the sidewalks. Plenty of them gawked at the animated corpse of Jack Marlin, but no one saw his appearance as the coming of the zombie apocalypse. In fact, he fit in quite well with all the other ghoulish creatures roaming the streets that night. There really was no better night for his return topside. After all, pretty much anything goes on the 31st of October. One kid made up to look like a hamburger yelled out to him, Super scary costume, Mr. Bickle. You really outdone yourself this year. Jack didn't know who Mr. Bickle was, but he took the misplaced compliment as a sign he'd seen little resistance on his trek through town. If it weren't for his jawbone laying somewhere back in the thicket, he might have responded with a right back at you, kid. Instead, he ignored the boy and continued his slow, arduous walk down the street. He figured it was probably for the best he didn't try to speak. None of the trick-or-treaters seemed daunted by the thing held together with, with nothing more than filthy rotten clothes and a will stronger than death itself. But even a single guttural grunt or growl might have inspired unwanted scrutiny. The last thing he needed was an angry mob intent on doing some zombie bashing. By the time he reached the opposite end of May Street, the sidewalks were vacant, 
and most front doors were illuminated only by moonlight. Turning left, he took to the sidewalk to avoid attracting too much attention. The next few hours crawled by at a pace matching his own sluggish stride. Other than a few blaring car horns and one inaudible slur, he walked along unnoticed and undeterred. Crossing the street toward the end of his journey, he tripped on the curb and did a faceplant on the sidewalk. As he rose to his feet, something the size of a fist slipped out of his ragged clothing and burst open on the cement. Thinking another part of him had fallen off, he looked down to see if it could be salvaged. Laying there on the sidewalk, was a rotten piece of cloth surrounded by charred bits of bone. He only had to compare them to his own hands to confirm they were broken finger bones. The knuckles, being the only bits not touched by fire, made him think of popcorn for some strange reason. The phantom pain where his stomach used to be stopped him short of reminiscing about his past life. With a swing of his shovel, he scattered the bones, not given one second to consider the bone's significance. He moved on toward his destination. A shaggy dog with dirty matted fur came upon him about a block from his destination. It followed along behind him, probably hoping there was still some marrow left in his bones. He shooted away with the business end of his shovel, when it got too close for his comfort. If anyone's burying anything tonight, Fido, it sure as hell ain't gonna be you. The thought made him chuckle inwardly as he came upon railroad crossing. Walking over the tracks brought up memories of his wife. She always crossed her fingers when passing over train tracks. She insisted he'd do it too, but he never played along. In fact, he always chided her for being so superstitious, and suddenly overwhelmed with regret. He did it for her then, and lost a finger for his efforts. Not bothering to pick it up, he continued on. For the second time that night, he felt a strange tingling in his bones. Shrugging off the doubt welling up inside, he quickened his pace, certain that whatever was holding him together had an expiration date. He stopped for a moment when he came to the edge of the cemetery and gazed out over the landscape. He wasn't present when he was interred there, well, only in the way that it counts, but somehow he knew on the other side of the property was an empty coffin and a headstone with his name on it, and right beside it was where his wife rested. She was alive the last time he saw her, but in the same mysterious way he knew where his grave was, he also knew she was dead as well. Walking amongst the grave markers and headstones gave him a little taste of the tranquility no unmarked grave could ever give him. To finally be at rest beside the woman he loved was all he wanted. He didn't know who had dug him up and buried him in the woods at the end of May Street, nor did he understand why anyone would do such a thing. He decided it didn't matter, 
because he'd taken matters into his own hands and would finally be at peace very soon. And with the shovel gripped tightly in his dead, cold hands, he stepped up to his headstone. Etched into the stone was his name, the timeline of his life, and a single message. Beloved son, father, and husband. Besides that was his wife's stone. He brushed the reddened leaf off the top of it and turned back to his plot. Oh, time to get back to being dead and buried, he thought as he sunk the head of his shovel into the ground. He pressed it deeper with his foot and heaved out the first shovel full of dirt. As he tossed it to the side, a voice broke the silence surrounding the graveyard. Now how exactly do you intend to put all that dirt back when you're done? Jack spun around to discover a tall man in a plain black t-shirt and blue jeans, not seeming the least bit shocked by the animated corpse of Jack Marlin standing before him. He exclaimed, Ah, there's my shovel, before snatching it from Jack's hands. Without a second of hesitation, he swung the shovel around and slammed Jack in the side of the head. The dead man bellowed inhumanly as he stumbled to the side. Just as he regained his footing, the stranger swung the shovel upward, catching him square on the chin and dropping him hard onto his back. Seconds later, a boot pressed heavily on his chest. He could hear his ribs cracking as he desperately clawed at the man's leg. The stranger stabbed the shovel into the ground beside the dead man's head and grabbed him by the arms. With a great heave, he tore them out of their sockets and tossed them aside. The writhing corpse of Jack Marlon let out a ghastly screech that echoed through the cemetery. The stranger grabbed the shovel and, without a second thought, drove it straight through the dead man's neck. Jack's head rolled free and settled into the divot he'd dug just moments before. Crouching down, the man picked up the severed head and spat in its eye socket. You don't remember me, but I wish you did. The next time you see me, it'll be like we've never met before. Sadly, hexes can only do so much. You're probably wondering who I am, but... My name's not important. You just know I'm the great-grandson of Hilda Swanson. You, uh, well, you at least remember her, right? See, she's one of the many people you swindled. Yeah. Well, she has a message for you. With all that said, he set Jack's skull on the grass and pulled a little pouch and a pack of matches from his pocket. Within the pouch was a fine red powder he poured in a circle around the skull. Jack, being the unwilling witness he was, could do nothing but watch as the man took a little sack from another pocket. He guessed what it contained seconds before the man opened it and dumped its contents onto the grass. Laying there beside him were bits of yellowed finger bones. The man placed the bones around the skull with the knuckle end of each sticking outside of the red circle. Mumbling a few inaudible words, he struck a match across the top of Jack's head 
and dropped it onto the circle. A green flame burst to life and quickly encircled the skull of Jack Marlin. The flames rose up around him and flickered threateningly. Jack awoke as if from a dream. He was sitting at the desk in his office, with a loaded revolver gripped tightly in his hand. A loud voice came from the other side of his office door. I repeat, this is the police. We have a warrant for you. The voice cut out just as an elderly woman in a long yellow dress appeared before him. Her dress flowed around her as if she were underwater, but her graying black hair didn't move an inch as she strode up to his desk. Don't you worry about them, sugar. They ain't coming in, unless you give them the go-ahead. Jack blurted out. Well, who are you? What's going on? She leaned over the desk and looked him right in the eyes. Well, the name's Hilda Swanson. You and me, well, we need to talk. In a flash, everything came back to him. He was reliving the last moments of his life. The woman was new, but everything else was just as it had happened before. He had just gotten off the phone with the head of security, who had called to tell him the police were heading up in the elevator to deliver a warrant for his arrest. The realization was almost too much for Jack to take in, but he eventually came to his senses. I... I shot myself. Oh, that's right, sugar. But don't you fret over that just yet. Ain't nothing carved in that stone that can't be undone with the right ritual. But how? Uh, this can't be real, I mean... Now you shush there, sugar. Well, it's simpler than baking a pie. You just gotta stand up and open that door. Jack sat there, staring at the ethereal figure standing before him. But... What would that do? Hilda shook her head in frustration. Oh, seems I gotta spell it out for you. You go ahead and you let the men in here so things can move along as they should in the first place. Things should sort themselves out from there. But I, I don't want to go to jail. Hilda slammed her hands down on the expensive mahogany desk. Oh, you damn coward. You'd rather leave this mess for your family to clean up? Yep, well, I guess you would. It's what you've done before. So what you waiting for? You go ahead, you put that gun in your mouth, and you pull that trigger. Jack looked at the revolver in his hand. He wondered how things had gone so wrong. Convinced he'd never get caught, he dug himself deeper and deeper until he inevitably ended up where he was, deciding between whether to eat a bullet or face the shame and humiliation awaiting for him on the other side of that door. Discovering a courage he didn't know he had in himself, he stood up and walked around his desk. He dropped the revolver at his feet and stepped up to the door. Taking a deep breath, he reached for the doorknob. Hilda began to cackle wildly as he swung the door open. There were no police standing there, or even a secretary typing away at her desk. Instead, all he saw was the graveyard he'd walked all night to reach.
You damn fool. Ain't nothing can undo what you've done. Hilda exclaimed between bouts of insane laughter. He spun around to confront her. I don't understand. You said... The old woman's laughter died as a twisted grin replaced the laugh lines on her face. Yep, I said what I said, but only so I could watch you blow your brains out again. This is the first time you ever chose option two. Took you long enough, but it don't change nothing. You dead. So am I. But, oh, but nothing, sugar. I died waiting for those in charge to figure out where you hid all your stolen gains. So did plenty of other people you cheated. No doubt you locked it all away in some Swiss bank and ain't nobody ever gonna get it. And so all that leaves little old me with is the chance once a year to shit in your cornflakes. And believe you me, that's just what I aim to do for as long as my kin keep pumping out babies and teaching them all about you. As long as they keep the tradition alive on Halloween, you ain't ever gonna rest beneath that fancy headstone. Utterly dumbfounded, Jack could do nothing but sputter and gasp in shock. She said he'd never rest in peace, and he believed her. He wondered in that moment how long this whole sordid affair had been playing itself out. But he didn't bother asking. He doubted she'd tell him, and he didn't think he really wanted to know. Lost in a mire of self-pity, he failed to notice Hilda step up behind him. Rising up on the balls of her feet, she leaned in close and whispered in his ear, all that's left is to get you back in the ground. See you next year, Jack. With his name barely out of her mouth, she leaned into him hard and shoved him through the door. About an hour later, Jack was once again dead to the world and settled back in his unmarked grave in the woods. Hilda's great-grandson tossed a small bag bound with a leather cord onto the corpse. Its contents crackled and hummed with the promise of dark and impossible feats. He then filled the hole, and when his task was done, he laid the shovel beside the mound and covered it all with leaves and branches. And as the sun began to peek over the horizon... He uttered the five words he ended every Halloween with. See you next year, Jack. Jack.